0: Idea man. I think we can all catch a pass. I don't think any of us are getting in a major league batter's box and hitting a pitch. Innovative. You get 10 cuts. Are you putting one in play? And Packers Hall of Famer. I think we take Wisconsin's morning news on the road. This would be a fun little case study to show you, and they're trying to strike us out. Okay. How we're going to do. I don't think it's going to be pretty. It's
1: time for Tausch on Wisconsin's Morning News, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin and Kohler Services. Mark Tausch you're on Wisconsin's Morning News, sponsored by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Tausch, he had this story this morning about this company that Elon Musk is a part of. They've been working on a chip that they could implant in the human brain, and they actually ah. did it on a yep. guy. Yep. So, the idea Hmm. being that now that they have this first human test patient, it would give a human the ability to communicate directly from their brain to a computer. So, it could help treat disorders like ALS, Parkinson's, maybe someone operating an artificial limb, all without having to use their eyes, per se, to look at something, but just their brain to to tell the computer to say something or do something. See, that's the future.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, obviously, you know, technology is moving at a rapid pace. And,. There's a slippery slope that this goes down, in my opinion, where you, you know, they're talking about, uh, digital currency, all this stuff. But when it comes to neuro, like, obviously, Eric, when you're, you, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to say, I don't ever want to do it. And as long as you're, you have that freedom to say, I'm not doing it. But by all accounts, and you know, if you know people that have ALS or Parkinson's, it is a brutal, dehabilitating, yeah. like, ugh. And if you can get some way that you can get back to communicating and doing some things, and this is like a test case where you're doing this, and that can improve people's lives on a big level, I don't know who is going to be against that part of it. But I think the there's always that hesitancy of, well, if this happens, then what's going to happen here? And as long as it is, you know, directed with people that are, you know, really need to do something big or their life is going to really suffer. I think everybody should be on board with that.
1: You know, it's interesting. You mentioned ALS. I lost my cousin years ago, Tausch, to ALS. And in those latter stages when he couldn't speak anymore, he used one of these computers like Stephen Hawking did where he moved a cursor with his eyes and then would type mm-hmm. out words and then the computer would speak for him. I think you're, you're onto something. We separated out from folks like him or others. Who have a debilitating disease who might say it's worth maybe some side effects or whatever if I can get some functionality back versus like just discretionary, yeah, I want the chip because, well, I've brought up, like, what if it made you sharper in sports? Better at golf. Better at golf, for example.
0: Yeah, and that's always the thing that, you know, when you have these major advancements and things, that's always the tricky part of it is because. It's not going to just be used for what it was always intended for. It's going to people are going to always look to gain an advantage in any way, shape, or form. And it doesn't necessarily matter. Sports, business. There's a hundred different ways that you know people are always looking for that edge. But when when it comes to that, and Vinny, obviously, what was that process like when your cousin was? Was there then? Did you type something back? How did that communication work? No, so when could, their eyes were doing that,
1: yeah, he could hear Taush. So and he could process everything. His brain was still sharp. He just lost body function, and eventually, you know, it goes from the feet up, and so he could no longer speak. But he knew exactly what he wanted to say. But it was an arduous process. He would—you'd have to sit, you'd say something, and then you'd have to sit and wait for him to click out the words, and then the computer sure. would speak, uh, you know, for him what he typed. So. Uh, I want to speak for him but you know he was largely he was an interesting guy he was at peace with the world you know even in all that i don't know that this is something that he would have wanted but certainly there are people with als who would say yeah if i could find a way to speak more efficiently and communicate more efficiently i'd be on board
0: yeah I, that's the thing it's you know you start feeling like you're in that position and you're trapped and you, there's nothing you can do and then all of a sudden you know something like this or you know obviously they've made dynavoxes the stuff that will help you uh, communicate different things. I, I don't. I just there is gonna there are going to be people that will look at this and say, well, they want to know what I'm thinking, and that that's just human nature. But I think as long as it is kind of narrowly narrowly put in place, I, I can understand why people would be skeptical of it, the narrowness of it, because. It always seems to widen out as things continue to improve. So I, I get the skepticism that some people have
1: Well he did bring up like can you stop it from communicating yeah. like Because what if you say something or you're thinking something that you didn't really want to say yet? You know, we've all had that moment <laughs> right. where we had to bite our tongue. Every moment.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. Especially on air right? then the next thing you know you could just take a day, just put the old planted Vinny in and next you know, you're in Mexico but the show goes on. You know, you never know <laughs> right. how it all works out.
1: We'll talk tomorrow. Thanks, Tosh.